Hello Dreamers, this is Janine and Stephanie and welcome to The Course of Course, episode 56. This is our Christmas Eve edition. Yeah! So, we have a lot to talk about. Actually, I want to talk about the future. Whatever the future means really to a course student, right? So it's all about living in the now and saying, okay, this is a dream anyway. But we've got big plans. And some of our big plans actually revolve around determining where we're going to be in 2017. So we were just talking off mic about how we are sort of beginning to plan our future. And where that might be, where that Mulberry Town might be, which could be Texas, which isn't a place I normally would have thought of. So we were talking about Texas is this big, wide open space. We are in Los Angeles now. We're just looking for our next sort of adventure. And the thing about Texas is it's sort of giving us an opportunity that we might not have thought about before. And so I'm just curious if there's any listeners out there that might want to share what their experience is like in Texas. Let us know. Check us out on the website or on Facebook. We would like to hear what you have to say. I'm definitely looking for dry or climate. I'm not into humidity after living on the East Coast. And from what we can tell with real estate, after looking at Oregon and Utah and Washington and California and Arizona and New Mexico, it seems like... Texas is the best place and there's no sales tax or is it personal tax? There's no state tax in Texas and you know I'm not saying that we shouldn't pay tax but if I can get away with paying much less tax I'm all for it sign me up. We learned a little about who pays taxes and who doesn't during the presidential debates. And because I'm so fixated lately on real estate, I'm learning a lot more about finances than I did before. I think for a while, I was sort of in that whole new age concept of hippy dippy, nothing wrong with it. But the last thing I want to talk about was finances because that was not very spiritual, at least in my mind. And now I'm starting to say, you know what? I get it. It's a dream, but I also have to pay bills. And I also need to look toward retirement and figure out how that's going to play out for me. So as much as I enjoy the course and it is a part of my life, I also still have to have one foot in this whole dreamscape of ours. So you and I are definitely looking at our options. So we'll see how this plays out and we will make sure that our podcast listeners hear our journey because we'd love to share it. But one of the things I do want to talk about in this episode, not just about Christmas because I I find the Christmas holiday delicious in its history as a history buff I like talking about what happened in the past and the whole concept of Jesus in his lifetime here in this dream and how much he has really changed people's lives what a difference one person can make right he really is the embodiment of that But the whole kind of buying into the myth, I guess, of him being born in a stable, you know, I kind of, I mean, it's kind of interesting, I suppose. And the, this, the yarn about Santa Claus and delivering toys and how the Santa Claus story is so different in different cultures. We so desperately as a, as spiritual beings want to believe in these myths because they give us comfort in some way, which I'm all for, whatever. But I really love that it is one of those times in the year that it forces everybody to, at least for a a fleeting moment, think about Jesus. And, oh yeah, he was born, and he was an important guy. And as I've gotten older, 
my appreciation for Jesus has grown. And if I would hear my younger self say this right now, I would hate myself. I'd be like, what are you doing? You just bought into the cults of Jesus. You're Jesus freak, whatever. But I got to say, now as an adult, I feel so much more in tune with the concept of it. And I feel so much happier. I think when I was younger and sort of doubted it, I was not in a very good place. I feel it from a spiritual perspective. I have evolved in a way that I'm very proud of. I believe that the Course is helping me to undo this false world, and that's something I'm pinpointing focused on. And for that, Jesus, as a role model, as a teacher through the Course, is definitely helping me, and I'm so grateful for that. One thing I was hearing newly in the audiobook recently was about the ego, and about how we feel like, I think that the ego feels it has to justify or make worth the body and as a tease to keep us coming back lifetime after a lifetime. But in the course today, they were saying that nothing you do or think or wish or make is necessary to establish your worth. This point is not to debatable except in delusions. Your ego is never at stake because God did not create it. Your soul is never at stake because he did. Any confusion on this point is a delusion and no form of devotion is possible as long as the delusion lasts. And then it goes on with like the ego tries to exploit all situations. So for me, the ego is that meaning-making machine and what I've gotten recently with my back going out and the rehab program I've been on and slowing down is connecting with God and letting go of the false world. Like I can feel myself letting go in just like these little tiny increments as my body is letting go, my mind is letting go, the world is letting go, everything is letting go. And that's what our ego doesn't want us to do. So it's always trying to keep us going, which I'm actively a going person anyway but because with my back being out and me slowing down and trying to heal and oh man the sugar thing the sugar thing has just gotten over me over this holiday I've been I haven't been like totally horrible like I have in some past times but sugar just makes my body expand and just noticing like this physical reaction to something which I feel like the ego created sugar <laughs> in a crazy, strange way, um, and delicious treats, which aren't real, but somehow this body has a, re- my body has a reaction to it, and it's not, it's not good for me, and <laughs> um, as much as I love the sweets, and it may be fulfilling something that's not there, like having sweetness in my life, or love, or, or whatever, psychologically that you can think of that it's fulfilling I just really enjoy sweets but sweets aren't good for me so thus comes swimming I'm going to start swimming again I've been swimming some but I need to step it up and during winter they're rehabbing all the swimming pools around town so I think they're going to reopen on Mondays what I've researched so I'm going to start swimming again and try and let go of my sweet urge and figure out where I'm going to move next so a lot of people toward the end of the year look to new year's resolutions 
right? And so losing weight, maybe stop eating as much sugar, that kind of thing. Those are pretty similar New Year's resolutions. I'm fascinated by those, not just like the physical body stuff, but I know for me, every year I always think I'm going to write down what I'm going to change in the new year. So it's like I'm trying to prepave. This is what I want to do, but I never really hold them. And I think that's one of the things that is pretty common with people. The biggest one I think for everyone is losing weight. They have that idea on the first of the year or the second of the year, I'm going to lose weight, but somehow it just falls apart, right? Because, right, well, February 1st, like maybe the first week of January. So I was thinking like, what is my resolution? My number one resolution is to constantly remember that those people that are in my life that I've cast in the role of villain, talked about this before, are not. And I had listened to a podcast where Whitney Cummings, who is a comedian, was she was talking on the Tim Ferriss, who I love, by the way, his podcast. And she had said something about, she says, I love you in her mind before she asks somebody to do something or before she interacts with them. It's her way of remembering that that person is worthy of being loved. So that way it's really hard to say somebody's a villain when you're saying, I love you. So I was thinking about my issue last time on the podcast. I was talking about this woman at work who, my latest villain. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what would happen if I just thought to myself, I love you before I interact with her? how much that energy would change. Uh, I'm not saying it out loud, like, oh, I love you. Not but, no but. (laughs) Just in my mind, you know, I love you. Okay, so this is how I think we should do this. Or, you know what I mean? Because it does kind of retrain how you see somebody. So that's my number one resolution. Before I talk to anybody, regardless of what it is, say in my mind, I love you. And just see how things change. It's better than me saying, okay, I'm going to lose 20 pounds or whatever. The stuff that never really works, I'd rather try something I haven't tried before that has an opportunity that could really make a massive difference in my life. So we'll see. So I will report back because our next podcast, hopefully I will be saying I love you to everyone. Even at the gas station or the grocery store, whatever. Again, listeners, if you have any New Year's resolutions or anything you want to share with us, we'd love to hear it. Let us know on the website and Facebook. And then we'll post like how we're doing. I don't know if we'll post because we're not very good at that. I think we all know that by now. But we will talk about it though. Tuesday night is uh, the end of the year of Jackie's study group. So I'm planning to go. And I haven't been in a little while because of my back going out and all my rehab stuff. But one thing that I'm taking on that she's mentioned before is thinking of everyone and everything as being the same. So one of the things that I heard newly on a meditation that she had done was choosing the miracle. When I heard choosing the miracle, something clicked for me because I thought, oh, I have to choose to have a shift in perception. That's the active part. That's the you know, what am I choosing? Am I choosing the Holy Spirit script or am I choosing the ego script? So 99.99% of the time we're in the ego script and I'm trying to make more dominant in my mind the Holy Spirit script. So every day I've been stretching and meditating and working actively on choosing the miracle, choosing the shift in perception. And choosing the shift in perception 
helps make me realize that we're all one, that all the splits, everyone in front of me, it's all part of the same dream. We're all part of the same one mind, just split out in these illusions or delusions or whatever. So I think that's one thing I've been working on is just remembering that we're all one and that perfect love is truly who I am. And so when I have these feelings or pangs of fear that come up, whether it's going downstairs to do the laundry or whether it's just driving across town, like whatever little fears come up, oh, I hear some voices over there and they're going to come over here and rape me. I mean, like it is so crazy how the voices go in my head. But when I'm all alone gardening and there's new people next door and I think, oh, they could come over like people were taking the oranges off the tree next door. I don't know if they had permission or if they knew those people or if they're scouting me out to know that I'm here by myself. Like my mind starts to go off on these crazy things sometimes. And I just have to remind myself like any fear thought is ego based. I'm just going to give it up in the moment. Remember who I am. I'm going to be the observer that this is just this energy of Stephanie moving through the stream and that really we're just all perfect love and just trying to make everything whole. I just want to heal the mind, heal the separation. I feel very confident that that moment of separation is just repeating over and over and over and over. And that's why it's important to repeat over and over, like the Course says, to remember who we are. The more we we can repeat who we are, the more dominant that thought system can be versus the ego thought system. That's what I've been working on. I think focus is a really important thing. So wherever we place our focus is what we get. If we focus on that, like you were sort of in that moment of wondering if the neighbors were scoping you out to say, okay, she's a single person. That's where the ego goes. So it's a matter of saying, okay, I am going to say, here's my commitment It's on focusing on everybody's the same, everybody's part of us. We are one mind, regardless of how our ego wants to paint each other. It happens a lot. We could be in traffic. Traffic's a big thing in LA, and somebody cuts us off, and all of a sudden they're separate from us because they're not good people. They're very, very bad people, but the reality is they are us. And how many times we may have unconsciously cut someone off in traffic? We, we are them, even though it's easy to say, oh, no, they're bad drivers and all that kind of stuff. I know that I've been a bad driver in the past. I may, in fact, in the present. It's funny how we tend to not have self-awareness. Every time I go to Costco, I'm always thinking, don't these people have any self-awareness? They will park their cart in the middle of the aisle and go walk off and do stuff, and you're trying to get around them, and it would make me really mad. And then I will do the same thing and not think twice about it absolved from that it's easy to point the finger at others but not really have a a self-awareness i see that often with me at work and then i get really frustrated from a work perspective it's easy to get frustrated you're in the same environment for eight nine ten hours a day around the same people who are going through their own stuff when you go home like that's one of the reasons why i'm such a hermit when i'm at home I don't like socializing, frankly. I like being left alone to read or listen to podcasts or whatever. I'm not I'm not somebody who socializes. You are the exact opposite. You're a massive socializer. I don't know if you enjoy it, but you do. You're like 10 times more social than I could ever be. 
you know, I, I feel like I have the cats, I have the garden, I teach some classes, but I, I am a, a solo person. I definitely am a, a hermit. I love being at home. I just, I, I don't like the traffic either. And all I can dream about is just being in some natural nature experience where I can just do my own thing. That's all I keep thinking about. And even though I know that all the shadows in the movie are all part of the same script, it's like, okay, all I have to do is worry about my own thoughts and my own mind and remembering who I am and not letting into the fear but choosing love and just remembering that we're not separate minds. You know, the ego wants to constantly make us separate from each other, and that's what the bodies are for. But remembering that we're really not separate, that it is just a play. And sometimes remembering, like, I'm the star in this play. This play isn't really real. And things are moving, and I don't have to buy into it, and I can choose again and just give it over. I find that the Holy Spirit is definitely helping me undo the false world. And I think it's because I keep drilling in the course. I keep drilling it in. It's very important. Let's talk about the play for a second. So if the play is what we are existing and participating in, the whole Jesus story was a play as well. And so I was talking to someone the other day who was saying, well, I don't believe in the whole concept of Jesus. It just seems like a made-up story. It is a made-up story in the same way that our lives are a made-up story. They aren't real in that sense. So we have to say, okay, when we hear the story, quote unquote, of Jesus, it really is sort of like from ourselves, from our own lives. Mm-hmm. It is the, the morality tale that we would read about the epitome of someone who truly understands their place, who truly understands that we are all part of God. And we're all just trying to catch up, really. There's nothing special about Jesus that isn't special about each one of us. It's just a matter of the remembering part of it. So the Jesus play that we have bought into, I suppose, the reason why we've bought into it is because we do recognize a part of it for ourselves. So there are some people who don't feel comfortable with that. That's fine. There are many different ways. There are many different paths to God. I think the Jesus tale is reachable for me. I think because I grew up in a Catholic kind of dogma, it is something that I've heard for so long. It feels like home, like it's comfortable. Like the Jesus character is someone that I can relate to. But I could just as easily relate to anyone else. Like, I want to say Siddhartha Gautama. Like Lemuria or Atlantis, who was their guru. There must be an example in every decade or every human, I don't know if it's human, but whatever the existence is, time frame, yeah. Because it's just that one moment of separation that just keeps repeating. And I feel like it's like we wanted to have our own experience. So the ego says, oh, we're going to have our own thing, which is that worth. Like we're worthy of having our own thing. But really, it's so empty and painful, quite frankly. I mean, it's, it's not real. It's not what our creator wants for us, which is just perfect love and oneness and the sameness. And because of all these split minds and these split 
dreams and times and it's just repeating that one moment of separation and that correction just over and over and over. I think politically, certainly internationally, we are seeing some pretty troubling times. I don't think that it's any more troubling than any other time period, frankly, but it's like it is what we focus on, right? What I'm interested in seeing in 2017 is how we, at least in the the United States right now, how we are able to overcome a lot of our bias on either side of the aisle and figure out what we can do together. I don't know if that's possible because we do traditionally have an ego mind that always makes someone wrong or bad, regardless. I mean, I've seen a lot of people who are on the kind of like conservative side making the liberal side wrong and bad and believe me i've seen an awful lot of liberals making the conservative side wrong or bad it's the same thing different side of the coin it really is so it's a matter of saying okay if we're all under the auspices of god if we're all god then we can't be wrong or right we just are and how do we get there how do we bring it together for you and I, we're looking at 2017 as kind of like being our, our transition to a new life, a new way of living, absolutely a new chapter. And what I'd like to hear from is, are there really good Course in Miracles uh, study groups in the Texas area, in the Waco area, in the Plano area? I'm just curious. How are people in Texas, or really in the southern part of the United States, approaching the course? Is there a large amount of people who are studying this? Because we have met quite a few people in California, certainly in LA and in San Diego, who are actively interested in the course. I know that Gary Renard has had workshops in Dallas. I think he just recently had one. That gave me hope because I thought, oh, okay, there's other areas that are just as interested. And I'd love to hear from them. I'd love to hear from people in the greater Dallas area, the greater Waco area, just out of curiosity because we are very interested in looking at and exploring other areas in the country. Anything for any of those people who happen to be listening, we would love to hear from you. The thought that always comes back to me is, peace to my mind, let all my thoughts be still. And truly... I just want to get out of the hubbub of a big city like Los Angeles and live in a smaller town where the pace is slower. And I want to be able to have time to connect with God and just keep letting go, letting go of the false world, letting go of my body, letting go of all my ideas of everything. I'm very open right now. I feel like the world is my oyster. Anything is possible. Where, where's the Holy Spirit going to lead me? And just keep continuing to put the Holy Spirit in charge of my thoughts, in charge of my actions, in charge of my words, in charge of my day. And just follow the guidance. And just a simple internet search tonight proved me to see that between a whole bunch of states, that Texas was probably the most affordable, which is not where I thought I would be. And like, wow, a whole bunch of new possibility just opened up. Like just being open. I think being open in 2017 is a good thing because I I know transition is coming. And it might not be a permanent place, but just something different than what I've been doing for 20 years and being more slow, having a slower pace, I think is important. I think it's really important for returning to God and letting go of the false world. All right, dreamers. So it's been such a pleasure coming to you. 
in 2016. I can't wait to see what unfolds for all of us in 2017. We are looking forward to bringing this next podcast, which should be podcast 57 to you, probably the next couple weeks, certainly in January of 2017. Until then, see you later. Peace to our minds and Happy New Year.